0: So love the world that he gave his one and all Son to save us Whoever believes in him will live forever Bring all your failures, bring your addictions come lay them down at the foot of the cross jesus is waiting there with open arms
1: see his open arms
0: for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to save us whoever believes in him will live forever The power of hell Forever defeated Now it is well I'm walking in freedom For God so loved God so
2: loved the world Praise God
1: Praise God Praise God From whom all blessings flow Praise Him For the wonders of His love. Sing that again.
0: Praise God. Praise Praise God. God, From from whom all blessings flow. Praise Praise Him. Him, Praise Him. Him For the wonders of His His love. His amazing love. For God's soul. The world that he gave us is His one and only son to save for God's so love, the world that he gave us is one and only son, son to save us whoever believes in him will live forever the power of hell forever defeated now well, I'm walking in freedom for God's so love. God's so love the world.
2: Bring all your failures, bring your addictions, come
0: lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting. God's so love the world.
2: Amen. Amen. Welcome to Fusion. We are glad that you're here with us worshiping. If you are able, we want to invite you to stand and greet one another with the peace of Christ. Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the mountains, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Well, we're going to continue singing together, so we invite you to join and sing along with us.
0: James. Every knee will bow Before the lion and the bear Every knee will bow comes to save, it's here to set the captives free. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is a lion, the lion of Judah is roaring with power and fighting our battles every knee will bow before him. Our God is a lamb. The Lamb that was slain For the sin of the world His blood breaks the chains Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb Oh, every knee will bow before
1: Him Oh, Who can stop the Lord on
0: stop the Lord all Who can stop the Lord all Who can stop the Lord all Who can stop the Lord all mighty Who can stop the Lord all Who can stop the Lord all mighty stop the Lord Almighty Who can stop the
1: Lord Here we go, sing it out Our God is
0: a lion The lion of Judah He's roaring with power And fighting our battles Every knee will bow before Him Our God is a lamb for the sin of the world,
1: His blood breaks the chains Every
0: knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb Oh, every knee will bow before Him Come on, let's put our hands
2: together like this Father, we are thankful for your faithfulness, Lord. And so we sing these songs to declare that you are the King of kings, Lord.
1: In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without life Till from heaven Fulfilled the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in
0: the dirt Praise the Father Praise the Son Praise the Spirit three in one. God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of Suffering, you saw to the other side, knowing this was our salvation. Jesus, for our sake, you died. Oh, oh, oh.
1: Praise the
0: Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit. King of kings
1: In the morning that you rose All in heaven, all in its bread Till the stone was moved for good For the lamb
0: that caught the dead yeah. And the dead rose from their tombs And the angels stood in awe For the souls of all who come To to the Father are restored And the church of Christ was born Then the Spirit lit the flame Now this gospel truth of all Shall not kneel, shall not fade By His blood and in His name In His freedom I am free For the love of Jesus Christ who is resurrected me? Oh,
1: come on. Raise your voices. Praise the
0: Father. Praise the Son. the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one, God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of kings, praise forever to the King.
2: we give you this worship we love you amen amen you may be seated
3: good morning i think we can get all the kids that are going down to head over to the door over to the right there my right your left All right. Okay, I think we're almost ready. Adults, we got our part here. Ready? The Lord be with you. All right. That does not get old. Uh, I think um, somebody really significantly older than me, I think it was probably Andrew, because he was standing up. (laughs) you know, help me understand how precious that is because, you know, my kids are all in their 20s and it's different. This is different. You know, instead of doing that, you go to the piano bar and sagatuck till midnight, which is a whole other level of fun. So that's good. So I'm Jeff Lies and um, I'm part of the Fusion community. I've been here for quite a while with, with my family. I'm also on council. Um, it's kind of the midyear year mid-year review. I'm the vice chair on council. And um, it's been a fun time. You don't often hear that from somebody that says, I'm on council, right? And from someone that's been on council four times. But um, in all honesty, the people that you have put on council, that God's called, are really doing an outstanding job of looking towards the vision of Hardwike and what God's calling us to be as a body of Christ here And when you're focused on that and you're focused on that, it's pretty awesome, right? Instead of saying, you know, we got to paint the lines in the parking lot or, you know, somebody posted this on social media, right? It's so much different, and the spirit on council is amazing. And if you're thinking about, I've got leadership gifts, pray about it, right? Because we're going to need more council members in the spring. And if God's calling you, talk to us because we'd love to have you on. Um, You know, I'm going to give you a little bit about the first half of the year, and I'll be quick because I know we have visitors, but across campus during 2023 in worship services like this, we're up 17% in attendance, which is pretty cool, and that's across all of our services, celebration, fusion, and, and watershed. We had 170 children participate in Adventure Week. 39 of those kids don't have a church home. So we have the potential of being um, the church home for kids that don't have that right now. The summer service week was very busy and it went well. We welcomed over 100 middle school people onto this campus representing six different churches. Three of our young people are right now in Spain in partnership with Friendship, um, CRC and Byron Center Both the mission trip to Honduras and the Appalachian Trail trip in June went really well, right, where connections were made and relationships were developed, um, doing what the Lord's calling us to do. There's a task force looking into Hardaway's ministry's needs in relationship to the former daycare building. We call it the Boathouse. For those of you who've been here a long time, it's kind of always been the Boathouse, but it's been little people's place and, and we're figuring out what to do, what God's calling us to do there. So on the budget, we've received 86% of the budgeted um, gifts for the year. That sounds like, who, it feels like, who. But, you know, Hardaway has this a little bit. We've talked in the fall about the hockey stick that happens. Giving happens a little bit more in the fall, and we want to get in front of you to let you know our expenses are online with budget. Uh, We're coming into a season now that um, if you are feeling called to give, we ask that you choose Hardaway first in your first fruits, and that we continue to do what the Lord's asking us to do here at Hardawake, which is to be committed to living and in inviting everyone into to join the journey of being found in, formed by, and faithfully following our Savior Jesus, okay? So with that, let's pray. So pray with me using the words from Psalm 147. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain, and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are here this morning to worship you as the triune God who is active in our daily lives. You have set us apart as your own, and we thank you for your provision for the clouds in the sky, for the rain, for the grass on the hills, and our daily bread. Lord, as we come to you today, there are those who are sick, who are struggling with things like cancer and autoimmune challenges, like Alzheimer's and dementia. Let us be a congregation that is part of your provision and provide them with your spirit so that they may see and feel you through your care. Even though our world does not look like it, we know your kingdom is at hand through Jesus Christ, who picked up our cross, carried it, was nailed to it, died on it, was buried only to defeat death, so that our sins may be forgiven, that our brokenness falls away, and we live in your grace. Lord, there are temptations all around us at every corner. Deliver us from the evil one through your embrace of your spirit. Thank you for hard awake. And the worshiping community here at Fusion, let us be committed to inviting everyone here and around us to join in the journey of being found in, formed by, and faithfully following you. Amen.
2: Thank you, Jeff.
4: Thank you, Jeff. There we go. I don't want to miss that one. All right. Good morning again. Good morning again. I'm Pastor JB. It is a delight to be here. If uh, we haven't had the chance to meet, we'd love that opportunity to meet uh, here after the service. Uh, if you are a visitor or a guest, you, you don't want to miss, we have donuts and refreshments through those doors. Not now. Don't leave now, but uh, but after the service. And so that's a wonderful time to have a, a, a goodie, a treat, and to enjoy some time of fellowship. And uh, Jeff mentioned this, but um, uh, this past week... We, we have a family vacation where we head off out west every year, and we missed last year, but this year we were here for Summer Service Week, and so uh, just got to see the excitement and the energy. I know we have a, a few of our young people who are here at Summer Service Week, uh, over 100 junior high students, and I took the kids on Wednesday uh, to listen to worship, and it was exciting and energetic, and we learned a song, uh, Church Clap. Are you familiar with Church Clap? Anyone? And it's like this hip-hop kind of dance song, and so I was learning this. My, my daughter's like, don't do it, Dad, but I'm, and we learned this where we were like hopping, and we're hopping, and then something, and, okay, we're not, gonna, okay, I should have listened to my daughter. I should have listened, anyway. It was a ton of fun, and already there's some, some testimony streaming in of kids' lives who were changed, not because they saw me dance or anything, obviously, but because of Jesus and what Jesus is doing in and through and among our young people, and that is good news, Amen. It's exciting, and so when we think about the gifts and the things that we do, the, the offering ourselves to the ministry here—that's part of what we participate in. It is an awesome thing. Uh, also, some things happening this week. On Wednesday, uh, we have a fundraiser dinner, uh, a dinner with Luke uh, Kirig and Kelsey is going to be here. In fact, I think they're here, and I'm going to. Yeah. So hey, wave Luke and Kelsey, and. Um, for those of you who've, who've been with us just over, over the last year or two, uh, Luke served as the interim uh, campus pastor here at Fusion, so served faithfully and, and well for for a whole year, and so uh, they are beloved members of this community, even though now they're serving on the other side of the pond. Uh, is, that a, is, do we, is that what we say, other side of the p- Yeah, whatever, okay, in Ireland, and so if, also, we do send some mission teams out to Greystones, and so if if you're interested in that, uh, talk to them, but there'll be a fundraiser dinner time for us to get an update on their ministry, uh, as well as enjoy some good food and support them in that way. That same night, Wednesday night, Gems and Cadets are doing a water fun party, so if you want to kind of, you know, kind of do both, that's what we're going to try to do, um, Wednesday night is going to be an awesome night. Uh, Also, uh, some prayer opportunities. We've been in a series, uh, Teach Us to Pray, learning about the Lord's Prayer, but we've also been challenging ourselves to kind of step into new practices. And so Tuesday mornings, uh, right in the sanctuary, that space is open uh, for just quiet reflection, prayer, meditation, meditation. Uh, And then also we did pick a date for uh, our Pisgah, Mount Pisgah and Boardwalk outing, a prayer outing. That's going to be August 9 uh, at 6 p.m. We're just going to walk up, for those who are able to walk up Mount Pisgah, uh, to just have a self-guided time of prayer reflection in God's creation. If that's a little intimidating, we're also going to have the boardwalk available for people who just want to look at and, and sit by the beautiful surroundings that we have here in West Michigan. We live in a beautiful place, Amen. And uh, just a little story, I mentioned this in my email, but I, I went up on Tuesday just to kind of check it out. Uh, and, and so I, I went up on Tuesday up, up to Mount Pisgah, and I'm at the top there. And between, like, a lot of people are exercising in the morning, but there were some, some, some gaps. And so I was just up there in the quiet, and all of a sudden I hear this kind of rustling behind me in the grass. And I turn around, and no joke, there is a, a deer, a mama deer, and her two does. Or no, the doe and the, and the, the baby fawns trailing behind her, and they walk right past me. And I I took a picture, of course, because it's 2023. Um, But then I said, let's put that away and just, and they just were just, anyway, it's just beautiful. And so there's something about being in God's creation that we experience God's goodness and grace. And that's, that's our hope for August 9. Anyway. We got some stuff to get into. So let's dig in. Uh, This morning, like I mentioned, we're in a series called Teach Us to Pray. This is the request the disciples made of Jesus in Luke's gospel, and that's when he taught them the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Hopefully you found this series helpful. I know for me, I've, I've found it exciting to dig deeper into these words that have become so familiar. Uh, and, and, and find these deep, rich meaning, uh, as well as reclaiming some of the rhythms that that I know I've lost over the years, and so it's been a good time of practice and learning. If you remember back in June when we started the series, uh, if you remember, I, we looked at how the Lord's Prayer kind of contains like these two movements within it. Uh, the first being, I don't know if I like the language, but kind of God-centered petitions, uh, and, we, and we say that because uh, the pro, the second person pronoun your and so these first petitions your your name your hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done and then the second part of the prayer is uh, this this language a little clunky but kind of human-centered petitions and we use us the first person plural uh, so give us uh, forgive us lead us deliver us well this morning we, we step into that second movement uh, by looking at this petition give us this day our daily bread uh, this is a prayer that I think on the surface just seems pretty clear. We are, we are to pray for food, right? Uh, and, and, and praying for food is, is pretty common. I think mealtime is maybe one of the most common times that people pray, right? You pray a blessing or you pray thanks for the food. Uh, but as we've discovered, there's something about slowing down in each of these movements within the prayer Uh, and it reveals something beneath the surface. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to dig a little deeper beneath the surface at Give Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread. And each week, uh, we've been reading the Lord's Prayer and reciting these words together. And we've been using a different translation each week just to kind of step outside of the familiarity. And this week, uh, we're going to be looking at Matthew 6, uh, verses 9 through 13. We're going to be using the ESV. And so if you're willing and able, I invite you to stand as we uh, listen, recite, and pray these words that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. I will say the first line and then invite you to join in with me. Pray then like this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let's continue our hearts joined together in prayer. Father, we do thank you for these words once again. Lord, these words which are preserved by your spirit in the Holy Scriptures. We thank you that this prayer, Lord Jesus, that you taught us to pray uh, 2,000 years ago continues uh, to be a powerful form and guide for all of our prayers uh, and, and this discipline of reciting it together. We thank you, Lord. We pray, God, that you would open our hearts and our minds to what does it mean when we pray? Give us this day our daily bread. Speak into our lives, Holy Spirit, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and God's people say together. Amen and amen. Uh, I mentioned this just a few moments ago, but one of the things I've, I've, I've most thoroughly appreciated about this series uh, are not only some of the rhythms um, that God has kind of encouraged me or challenged me to, to kind of reestablish in my life, but also some of the things it's, uh, the, that God has prompted uh, our fa- in our family's life as well. And, and one of those rhythms that we started doing this summer uh, during this series was uh, we started doing some devotions after dinner. And, uh, and um, nothing, nothing too complicated. We just, we read from one of our children's storybook Bibles. We read the Bible story together. Uh, there's some short questions at the end of that. And then uh, we finish, and this was kind of the inspiration of this series, but we finish by reciting together the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, and, and it's just been a, a cool, just rhythm to establish as our, uh, for our family. Now, something, a little something to know about our, our youngest, Bryson, who's six, um, he loves music and, uh, and he loves music and, and he has this remarkable ability to kind of recall songs that he's heard even just once or twice. Um, and he doesn't always, but, but like his daddy, he, he, he doesn't always remember the lyrics, but he remembers the melody. And I'll, I'll remember this one time we're like sitting in the car and he's like, what's, what's that song? And he starts going, da, 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 or something like that, which is uh, I Think I Love You by... Partridge family. Yeah, yeah. But we, we learned it from Crudes, Crudes 2, and it's like Jack Black. But anyway, it's like, duh, I think I love you. Anyway, so you're so, so like, yeah, that one. And, but he's like, duh, duh and I'm like, what are you talking about? Anyway, so he's kind of like his dad in that, that he remembers the melody, but he doesn't remember the lyrics. And in all fairness to his dad, who grew up in the 90s, wonderful time to be alive, amen? Yeah. Uh, grew up in the 90s. If, do you remember 90s rock? And like, he, like it's, it was great, uh, but I had no idea what Dave Matthews was actually saying in any of his songs, like. He's talking about ants marching. I don't know what that means, but it's awesome. I love the song, and so I learned to play it, and I'm like, you know, and, or Pearl Jam. Eddie, like, wh- what are they saying? Oh, we don't know what they're saying, but the music's great, and the melody's awesome, and so, so he kind of gets that from his dad. So anyway, we're, we're, we're reciting the Lord's Prayer, and he remembers, like, a lot of the sounds of the words, but he's not getting all the words exactly right, and so it's kind of cute, you know, to watch, to listen to this six-year-old. We're always letting him go first because he's kind of skipping over things, and it's cute, and it's adorable, um, but one of the, one of the words, and now he's getting better, but one of the words he's still kind of getting tripped up on is uh, the word thy, because how many six-year-olds ever use the word thy in their everyday language? I don't know anyone. Like, we don't say thy anymore, Uh, but what word sounds a lot like thy? I won't, uh, I'll tell you, my. Uh, So anyway, we get to these parts of this prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom, and he's saying it's becoming a little self-serving and sacrilegious. (laughs) Uh, hallowed be my name, and my kingdom come, and my will be done. And, and we kind of chuckle. And uh, anyway, I, I don't know what that doesn't say anything beyond that about my son. He's he's a normal six year old. Uh, but either way, as we're as we're learning these rhythms, as we're learning to pray, uh, all that considered, as a parent, I absolutely love to watch and to listen to my kids pray and to learn. The Lord's Prayer there is a joy that that brings and you know what else I think there's so much that we can actually learn from our kids our young ones amen there's something that I think we can learn and glean from our, our kids innocence and the simplicity of particularly their prayers and so as we th- consider this morning give us this day our daily bread uh, one of those simple prayers that we learn at a very early age is, is give us things right Uh, As we pray for the basics, as we ask God for food and all that we need, the hope this morning uh, is as we consider daily bread to dig a little beneath the surface, and my hope is that Uh, Some stories of of kids' innocence will kind of help frame some of that, Uh, the experience of our children, but but even beyond that, and even more important, some of the experience and testimony of Jesus in the Gospels. And so with that, let's, let's dig into this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, and let's begin with the first two words in the prayer, give us, give us this day our daily bread, give us. In these opening words comes the heart of this kind of prayer. This prayer is an ask right? It's a request. It's a petition. It's an ask. Certainly, the prayer has already included some asks or petitions, we would say, but this one, I don't know, for me, like, it lands a little bit different because it's not a petition for God's kingdom or God's will, things that seem kind of beyond our daily and earthly experience. This one is something that even our kids can grasp a hold of, right? Give us bread, Now, before we jump into what we ask for, let's stop and consider the ask itself, the ask, the request for something. What is the significance in the ask? Give us. Why does Jesus want us to ask for things? And and, and I think what's behind the ask is that God, Jesus, is about engagement, not entitlement. Let's consider a story from the life of Jesus as we think about engagement in John chapter five, Jesus is in Jerusalem. He is he is he is by the near the pool, a pool of water uh, called Bethesda. It is a pool that uh, John tells us uh, is where people would come to receive healing. And John tells us that the water would stir, it would begin to stir, and, and the first person to to get into this healing pool would receive healing. Well, Jesus comes to Bethesda and he comes across a man who is lying on a mat who is, who is paralyzed, who cannot walk. And we learn that this man has been coming to this pool for, for years upon years. Jesus approaches this man who's clearly paralyzed, laying on a mat. And what does Jesus say? The first thing Jesus says to this man is, do you want to get well? Seems like a strange question. Another example. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's in the city of Jericho, just outside of Jerusalem. Outside, uh, on their way out of town, him and his disciples are leaving Jericho to head toward Jerusalem, and there's a man who was born blind. Mark tells us his name is Bartimaeus, and he begins to shout to Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus calls for Bartimaeus, who jumps to his feet, comes to Jesus, and again, Jesus asks him a question. What do you want me to do for you? Again, what strange questions for Jesus to ask. Because as we're reading this 2,000 years later, the answer to those questions seems so obvious. Do you want to get well? Yeah, right? Uh, What do you want me to do for you? I want you to heal me, I want to be able to see, like the answer seems so obvious for us 2,000 years later, for the disciples, everyone else present, I'm sure the answer to that question was obvious. And Jesus is the son of God. So of course, Jesus knows the answer to this question and he could have just gone up and he could have just healed them right there on the spot. But instead, Jesus asks these strange, obvious questions which begs the question of us, why? Why does Jesus ask these obvious questions? And I think it's because of this. Because Jesus is after engagement. Because Jesus is about the person. And so he engages with the person in dialogue. A, a quick story about my kids. Uh, consider with me uh, this. Before dinner each night, uh, we gather we do devotions after dinner, but before dinner, we take turns. And each of us takes a turn praying before our, our, our meal. And, and my kids are, are each learning to pray, right? They're, they're young. They're learning how to pray. And, and sometimes uh, they're not the most well-thought-out or polished prayers. I mean, Emmy's fantastic. She's listening to me right now, so, I, you know, she's fantastic. But maybe Bryson, not always the most polished prayers. And I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking, you know, I am, I have a theological education. Um, LAUGHTER and uh, I can really formulate some beautiful prayers. Uh, in fact, I'm a pastor serving at a church for over a decade. Like, I am, I am basically like a professional prayer, you know? And I could pray in other languages. I could pray in Hebrew. Um, and when I meet, mean, I, like, I know a couple prayers in Hebrew. Anyway, no, I'm, I'm just kidding, right? Uh, I, but, 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 but yeah, here's the question. Who do I love praying before meals more than anyone else? My kids I absolutely adore and love when my kids pray before the meal why because I love to see them engage with the creator of the universe it's about engagement because engagement with God is more important than efficiency or elegance or entitlement or any other word that you can think of that starts with an E cuz I'm a pastor and that's they all have to start with the same letter right God wants relationship. God wants relationship with you and with me. God is not in the business of being some kind of purveyor of religious goods and services, right? And so the ask is about relationship because God is not some kind of cosmic vending machine that you push the buttons and he gives you what you want or some kind of Christian version of a genie in a bottle. Like that's not who God is. God is a person who longs to be in relationship with his beloved children and this back and forth, this asking and receiving, this is part of the relationship. God's word tells us that God knows what we need before we ask. We know that. But the ask is still important for this reason because when we posture ourselves and we ask God for things that we need, it shows a level of respect and gratitude and, and awe to the giver of all good things. The ask is part of it. I was thinking about when, when my kids, Bryson, he, he loves uh, candy and sweets. I, th- I think he's pretty normal in that way. But, but, but I imagine like when he tries to sneak candy out of the pantry, or 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 starts demanding that he deserves candy because he cleaned his room or his sister got candy or something, uh, right? Or whatever it is, I'm I'm really not all that inclined to give him candy after that, right? I'm like, whatever, man, stop it, you know. But if he were to come up to me and I'm giving Emmy a little secret here, but if you come up to me and you just ask in that sweet voice, "Daddy, can I can I have a little a little treat? Big smile, big hug, like." Then I'm like delighted. I want to give you candy. Even if I shouldn't, I want to give you candy because it's about love and it's about relationship. And, it, and that's what God wants, engagement, right? Emmy's thinking she's getting some candy after the service. <laughs> you can have candy. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. The prayer continues. We're, we're told to pray for... Bread, right? Give us today our daily bread. Now, now, there's a lot of significance we could draw from, from just this one word, bread, because sc- the word bread and, is an image in Scripture is just packed with meaning. Uh, but to start, I just want to consider how common and ordinary bread is. It's like just a category of food, right? If you're just to have the basics, you'd say, we'll give them bread and water, right? Like bread is just a basic category of food, particularly in the ancient world. And in this prayer, Jesus is inviting us and commanding us to pray for even the ordinary. And I think that's significant. Because Jesus cares about everything we need, not just the exceptional things that we need. Jesus cares about everything. Again, a story from the life of Jesus. We read the Gospels, and much of Jesus' life and ministry that's recorded in the Scripture, there's these stories of the exceptional, right? Jesus doing these miraculous things. Jesus calming the seas, calming the storms, right? Uh, Jesus uh, healing people of, of many ailments and diseases. Jesus casting out evil spirits. Like, there's all of these exceptional movements of God and miraculous signs of healing that Jesus performs. And yet there's plenty of other stories in a careful reading of the scriptures where Jesus is involved in, in everyday aspects of life. How many times in the Gospels do we read Jesus sitting down for a meal with other people? Well anyway, one of those occasions that kind of blends the two together is, on multiple occasions actually, Jesus has is, is gathered a large group of people, thousands of people, and he's teaching them. And he's teaching them. They're listening to him teach all day into the, into the afternoon. And as you can imagine, the people become hungry because you would become hungry if you haven't eaten anything all day. And, and the disciples are pretty practical, right? They're pragmatists. And They're like, you know, hey, let's, let's send the people away to the town so they can get something to eat. Maybe, you know, maybe they can come back, but let's send them away. And what does Jesus say? He stops and he says, no, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And what does Jesus do? Now, there's a miracle, right? He miraculously feeds 5,000 and 4,000 people at a time uh, with just a small amount of food, but but the point remains that that he's giving them something that's very ordinary, fish and bread. Because Jesus is not simply concerned with the exceptional, but he's concerned with all of our needs, everything. And again, it reminds me, back to the dinner table with our kids, as as we pray before dinner, some nights... uh, confession maybe, I'm, 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 I'm a little hungry because I haven't eaten well that day and, and I'm a little bit in a hurry and, and, and the kids are, it's their turn to pray for dinner and so they start praying and they start praying for everything, everything, everything you can think of, they're praying for those things and it's going on and on and, and when I say everything, what I mean is they're literally just naming things on the kitchen table, um, so thank you for daddy and water and chicken. Uh, thank you for ranch dressing. It's a staple at our table. Anyway, so just naming things, and then they end the prayer, uh, they end the prayer with, and, and thank you for, for everything in the whole wide world. That's the ending. And so my kids have just got done literally praying for everything in the whole wide world. Uh, you might say that, that nothing's off the table. Okay. Yeah, okay. Apologize for that one. Anyway. Meanwhile, and, and tell me if you have this, if you ever had this, um, have this, if you can relate. I, sometimes I find myself, my kids are praying for everything. I think about my own prayer life, and sometimes, particularly if I'm in a group of people, I'll be weighing in my own mind whether this request that, that I have is worth sharing with the group. Like, you know, does this, does this prayer request really rise to the level of sharing with this context? And I'm like, I don't know. Or maybe, or maybe you've had this experience where, where you hear someone praying and you're like, I don't know if that's something we really should ask for. You know, that seems kind of trivial. Like, should we really be praying for that? Um, the, the, the token example would be like praying for parking spaces or something. I don't know. Or the other example would be, you know, hey, JB, I don't really think God cares if the Packers win tonight, so don't pray for that, Right? But we kind of like, you know, can we ask for that? And, and honestly, as I think about that and, and feel a little bit of conviction, I, I, think, I think my kids are more right here than myself. That I think God actually wants us to pray for everything. And, and, and if we're gonna err on a side of praying for too much or not praying enough, I think praying a little too much is probably the place we should err on, right? God cares about everything. And Jesus commands us to even pray for bread, the most basic of human needs. We should be praying for all kinds of needs. And for many of us, especially here in the modern West, like we're, we're like, God has given us a lot, right? And we're blessed with with prosperity and this privilege and, and wealth, like just to be quite honest. And, and because of, of our station and where we live and the context we live, like many of us have a lot of influence in our lives. Like, and so we have some agency, like we, we work a, a steady job, we, we earn a, a steady income, and so, and so the temptation there is we live by this illusion that, well, well I provide for myself. Like that bread that's in my, in my pantry, well, I, I worked a job and I paid for that, not to mention that I didn't harvest the grain, I didn't produce the bread, I just bought it at a supermarket, so there's whole kinds of layers there. But we live under this illusion that, that no, I provide for myself, and, and so prayer becomes reserved and kind of set to the side and, and we save our prayers for, for the exceptional, like the things that, that we can't do on our own power. And so that's what we pray for, for those things, for those miracles that we can't do on ourselves in our own strength, in our own power. And that's what we pray and we go to God for. Now, of course we should go to God for those things. I mean, that's, not, that's not the criticism. But we should also keep in mind that, that, as James says, that every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. And so that bread that's in my pantry that, yeah, I worked, that's a gift from God. Even the air that we're breathing right now is a gift from our creator. And every beat of our lungs is a gift from God. And so when we pray for bread, even bread, it is a reminder that all good gifts come from the Lord. It's a good reminder of that truth. Bread. And then finally, let's consider uh, this description of the kind of bread we're asking for. Give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread. What does Jesus mean when he commands us to pray for for daily bread? Now again, as I mentioned previously, we could could lean into the spiritual significance of bread as, as as a biblical image, right? And we could say that, we could talk about how God's word is, is like food and that Jesus is, is the bread of life and, and what does communion mean? And, and certainly there is an element that we do pray for spiritual nourishment. Uh, that is for sure true and, and something to consider. But today what I wanna do is really just focus on the physical significance of bread. Uh, what does it mean to pray for daily bread and basic needs, physical needs? And consider uh, uh, this difference. What does it mean to pray for enough uh, versus uh, excess, right? Enough versus excess. Uh, again, let's go to Jesus. Um, in Matthew's account, the, this prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray is found in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, a long teaching of several chapters uh, where Jesus is, is giving all kinds of practical matter, talking into all kinds of practical matters, offering this vision of God's perfect will for his people. In Matthew chapter six, so just a few verses after this teaching on the Lord's prayer, uh, Jesus says this to his disciples and those gathered. Do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Your heavenly father knows that you need them, and going on, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Uh, there's a lot we can draw from that teaching, and there's more to unpack there. Uh, but the assurance where, where 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 Jesus can assure us not to worry—that's grounded in this truth that our Father will provide for our daily needs. Now, again, is it? It's hard not to, but. The reason we don't need to worry is because our Father in heaven will provide for our needs, will provide enough. It's also important to note that before this teaching comes these words in verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Again, There's a lot we could say about that teaching, but what I want to just land on today is that, yes, God will provide for our basic needs, and that premise, because God will provide for our basic needs, we don't need to worry like the previous teaching, but we also don't need to hoard up a bunch of stockpiles of supplies for that day when trouble will come. In other words, you could say that this is also a teaching against excess. It could be a teaching against excess. And as I think about the testimony of scriptures, this brings me naturally to Exodus 16. When God's people have been delivered out of Egypt, they've crossed the Red Sea, and now they're in the barren wilderness. And they're, they're thirsty, and they're hungry, and they don't have any food. And what does God send them? He sends quail, but he also sends manna bread from heaven. And what is the command? Gather what you need for that day. Not anymore. And those who gathered more, it's spoiled, right? Gather just what you need for that day because tomorrow, God's gonna bring more bread. And so it's this act of faith to trust God with enough. But it's also a teaching against excess. Daily bread, not excess. Again, a, a quick story with my kids. I, uh, my kids um, can be a little excessive when it comes to treats. Anyone else? As I say that, Donuts after the service, right? We love sugar here. Um, but they can become a little bit excessive with treats. And so uh, just last week, um, uh, the boys, so me and Bryson, we had, a little, we had a little adventure day. So we had a little outing. We were going to be in the car for a bit. And so we were packing some snacks to kind of tie us over for the day. And, uh, and this guy goes into our cabinet and, and he grabs a handful of airhead candies, right? You know, do you know what the airheads air are, these little candy? So he grabs like a handful of these airheads, and, and in his mind, he's thinking, well, you know, the drive there, we need a couple, and the drive back, we need a couple. We might need a couple in between. So so he's got this, this he's, 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 try, he's trying to hoard enough and stockpile candy and goodies all the time. Because, why? Because he has enough. He has enough of what he needs. And so his mind is trying to hoard and to stockpile the things he doesn't need, but he wants stockpiling treats. He has enough, and for him, and I think for many of us, the, da- the greater danger is not having enough, but the greater danger is having too much excess. Now, I share that, but let's flip the coin. Let's, let's go to the other side, because it lands a little different when you hear the all-too-common heartbreaking story of other young children the same age as my son. Children who, who even live in our own community here in Holland Mission who, who lack food stability, who don't have enough. And these kids who should really be stockpiling candy bars are instead thinking about how I can stockpile and, 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 and take loaves of bread or, or, or stash green beans in their pockets because they don't know where their next meal will come from. For many of us who have enough, the danger is excess, but there are so many, millions more in our world where excess isn't even a a category because the danger for that boy and the danger for so many in our world is just not even having enough bread to survive on. See, the reality of this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, is it lands a little bit different depending where you live and what your situation might be. For some, this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, is just that, a prayer for enough. Because the reality of daily bread is a constant concern. Where will my next meal come from? Lord, give us a meal for today. Lord, give me a meal for my children today. Where many of us otherwise on the other side it's a reminder of the dangers of excess. It's it's a reminder for many of us who have enough. Where does our daily bread come from to create a posture of gratitude? And quite frankly, it is a call to live generous lives. After all, this is a communal prayer, right? This is not give me my bread. <laughs> this is give us our bread. So it's a challenge to us that we not take the gift of daily bread for granted, yes, but we also, it's a challenge to us to respond to the needs around us so that there are fewer stories of little children stockpiling bread because they don't know where their next meal will come from and that we as Jesus' disciples 2,000 years later might actually heed that command that he gave his disciples 2,000 years ago, you give them something to it's called a gratitude and generosity. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus commands us to ask for what we need each day. Why? Because he's after engagement, not entitlement. Why? So, that, so much so that, he, that we might pray not just about the exceptional things that we need, but that we might also pray for everyday things that we maybe too often take for granted. And... While keeping in mind this call for us to have enough, but not in excess, not to store up barns full of of supplies, but actually to use that excess to feed our brothers and sisters in need. And all of that sounds important and necessary, a necessary posture to keep in mind when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. So the challenge is, how do we remember to pray with this kind of posture? How do we remember to pray with these things in mind? Well, Jesus understands this posture doesn't come natural. God understands that. Just like our kids, we're predisposed towards selfishness. Our hearts are bent toward ourselves. We call that sin. We in our brokenness think of ourselves above everyone and anything else. Again, that is the sin that pervades our world. It's not just our kids, right? It's adults as well. And just as parents are called to, to mold good and healthy postures and responses in their children, we have a Father in heaven, heavenly parent who does the same. And it's why the prayer doesn't start with, give us this day our daily bread. One of my favorite authors, N.T. Wright, in his his book, The Lord and His Prayer, writes this, this brilliant line that opens up this chapter on daily bread. He writes this, the danger with the prayer for bread is that we get there too soon. Dear Jesus, give me this, give me this, give me this, give me that. The danger with the prayer for bread is that we get there too soon. But notice where that prayer is located in the Lord's Prayer. Not at the beginning. So before we ask for all of the things that we need, as well as all of the the embarrassing things that we don't need, comes an address. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Comes a reminder to us that we serve a God who is our father, who loves us, who knows exactly what we need, who wants to engage and be in relationship with his children and who is great, who's deserving of all worship and honor and who is able to provide all the things that we need, in fact, know exactly what we need. Before we pray for daily bread, Right? There is a prayer for God's kingdom to come, his fullness to be revealed here on earth. And as we learned a few weeks ago, that God's kingdom breaking into our reality involves and impacts all of this created world. And before we ask for bread, there's a prayer that your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven a prayer that as we continue to pray, Lord, your will, not my will, we begin to align our will and our desires with the good and perfect will and desires of our Father in heaven. So by the time we get to this prayer for daily bread, what are we asking for? There's a formation happening in this prayer before we get to the ask for the things that we need in this life. I don't know about you, but I think it's true for most parents. Um, Particularly at a young age, my kids ask me for a lot of things. It's a good thing. But you know what I love? You know what I love is when my kids ask me for something that I desperately want to give them and that I know is good for them. And so I love when it's late at night, and Yvonne and I are trying to watch a movie, and, and we get interrupted by that little girl right there, and she wants to sit next to us and says, can, can we cuddle? And even though she should be in bed, I say, yeah, absolutely. Or I love when, when the little guy, Bryson, comes up and says, can you read me a Bible story? <laughs> when our kids ask their parents for the things that we want to give them, for the things we know are good for them, there is no greater joy than being able to say, yeah, absolutely, here you go, buddy. And so as we think about the things that we ask from our Lord, may we continue to grow. Whatever that means, may we continue to grow in our asking. And let's pray for the Spirit's help and discernment in that. Will you join me? Lord God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for this simple and yet powerful prayer, Lord Jesus, that you taught us to pray. A prayer that that is formational and and a guide, but Lord, a prayer that, that also becomes this prayer that we can pray together as your people. Lord, as we think about, give us today our daily bread. Lord, may we be reminded that you are a God who loves us, who wants to be in relationship with us. Lord, may may we be reminded that there is no prayer, no request too small. Because Lord, our, our Heavenly Father loves when we come to him and ask for things. And Lord, may we also remember to ask for enough and to live with enough and Lord, when we're tempted to live by excess and let that, def- Lord, may you put in our hearts a spirit of, of gratitude and generosity so that, Lord, that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven through your church as we live according to the ways that you call us to live. Give us this day our daily bread. Meet us in this moment, Holy Spirit, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.
2: If you are able, we invite you to stand and let's sing this song together.
0: Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. summer and winter and springtime and harvest sun moon and stars in their courses above. join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness mercy and love great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see all i have needed thy hand hath provided Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endures Mine own dear presence to cheer and to guide Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside Great is thy faithfulness Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, do mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me.
4: All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. That's where it's at right there. Uh, This morning, as as we were thinking about... um, having Luke here in town, we thought a simple way to allow Luke to bless a congregation that he served uh, years ago was for Luke to come forward and uh, just offer a blessing and uh, not make you prepare a whole sermon when you're, when you're trying to relax and, and rest with family, um, but we do it absolutely. We
2: do it Hi friends. Good to see you all. I'm gonna hold this in this hand. Should we do it together? Yeah. May the grace, yeah. Of our Lord Lord Jesus Christ, Christ. the The love love of God, God and the fellowship of the Holy Holy Spirit be be and remain with you always. Always. (laughs) We do it a little differently in Ireland, I think.
4: You sound way better.
2: Why don't don't I say one line, you say the next? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ,
4: the love of God the Father Almighty, and the
2: fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you now and forever.
4: Amen. Amen. (laughs) Bless you, friends. Go Go in in peace. peace. (laughs)
1: Thank <laughs>